Hi, everyone. Welcome to Hard to Make Friends as an Adult podcast by myself, Ryan, and Macy. Thanks for listening, guys. Today, we're going to talk about toxic friends, what they are, how to avoid them, and what you can just generally do to be a little less toxic in your life. Yeah, I think we all have a lot of experience with toxic friends. I know I do, especially hosting meetups, and I've lived in multiple cities, so I've had to rebuild my social life quite a bit over the years, and in doing so, I have met a ton of people, some of which have been extremely toxic. I do want to say that, in my opinion, a toxic friend can be defined in so many ways, but the way I define a toxic friend is that it's someone who's maybe manipulative, it's someone who maybe doesn't have your best interest in mind. They probably aren't really always showing up for you. Maybe you're the one putting in most of the effort. And from there, it usually kind of leads to maybe you questioning the friendship or you questioning yourself. It can sometimes lead to having low self-confidence or low self-esteem. So I view a toxic friend as somebody that really is just kind of a negative force in your life, but it's usually more than just having a bad attitude or something. I think it's it's usually like more of a mind game or mental manipulation that they're putting you through that really impacts, you know, your daily life even beyond just the friendship because you're the one putting in all the effort. So that's how I would define a toxic friend. Of course, it can be defined in so many ways. We all have different ideas of toxicity and what we will put up with or not. So, um, but in my own opinion, when I've had a toxic friend, it usually is someone that's super manipulative or just doesn't show up for me as a friend and I'm doing all the effort. Ryan, how would you define a toxic friend? Yeah, I completely agree with pretty much everything you said. The only thing I'd add to my own personal definition of a toxic friend is just the constant dragging you back down, not being able to help you celebrate the positives in your life or helping you with the negatives. It's kind of like they view themselves as their own entity and no matter what you are doing they're gonna do whatever they feel they they want to do if i don't know if that makes complete sense but let's say you have a you know real positive thing happen at your job this person is not going to be there to be super helpful and supportive and happy for you they're going to mention their own negative things going on in their life and they're going to drag you down or try to you know make you feel like you're in a bad place uh, vice versa, if you are, you know, in a bad place, they might pile on the bad energy or in, com- in comparison, they will actually, you know, tell you how good they are doing to make you feel even worse. So it's almost like a complex, um, toxic metric in a way where they were going to come at you in an opposite way. And it's not something like, oh, this person did this one time. It's consistent behavior over time that's the only thing i would add to your definition otherwise i think you hit it right on the head i'm so glad that you brought up that point that a toxic friend is someone that continuously repeats this behavior because we all have personality flaws we all make mistakes sometimes we have a bad day and we don't even realize that maybe we didn't react or say the right thing or we came off pretty toxic in that moment doesn't necessarily make us a toxic person I would like to clarify before we go even further into this topic that first off, literally every single one of us, every one of you listening, everyone that you know has at some point been a toxic friend. And if you think that you haven't, like I hate to break it to you, but you are the toxic one. (laughs) Uh, We all have our moments. We've all been toxic. We all have at some point taken advantage of a situation or a person 
whether it was years ago and you've overcome it or you still do it sometimes, whatever, maybe you're going to do it in the future. Every single one of us has at some point been toxic. So we all can have, you know, self-improvement and things we can learn on this topic. And then another point that I want to make is that I'm a huge advocate of mental health. I think it's really important. So I have personally loved to see how inclusive our society is becoming about mental health awareness and like emotional and mental well-being. That said, we all now consider us like therapist experts, right? I can't tell you how many times I hear these like buzzwords. I think, Ryan, one time you said that word about it. Um, where people, you know, gaslighting or boundaries, uh, suddenly too, we're all like experts on like who is a psychopath or who's a bipolar, who's a narcissist. And that's so important to be self-aware. It's really good that we're learning these terms. But what I want to say is that we cannot self-diagnose our friends or other people or even ourselves. So before you start thinking, oh, my friend is so toxic, they're a narcissist, or, you know, they're gaslighting me, I'm not saying that they're not those things, but it's really important to realize that we are not experts, unless you are an expert in this field, and we can't just self-diagnose and put those things on people. Sometimes communication can be, like, a huge help in this toxic friend situation. It's possible that the person that you're friends with has no idea that, You know, every time you're excited about something, they are a negative energy. Maybe if you just said it, they'd be like, oh, wow, I never considered that I was doing that. You're so right. Or, you know, maybe it's like an insecurity thing for them and they have no clue. So before you just kind of chalk people up to being a narcissist or maybe bipolar or something, it's really important to actually analyze the situation, maybe communicate with them, you know, see if there's anyone else that feels that way. And, uh, you know, if it's that bad, definitely just probably remove them from your life. But I did want to clarify that we're not experts on identifying emotional and mental, you know, issues with somebody. And that also we have all been toxic. Yeah, I think that an important distinction is you're not necessarily a toxic person, but you may have toxic behaviors or tendencies. And what you're saying is, if you're identifying a toxic behavior from a friend, you should open up and talk about it, maybe create a boundary if it becomes an issue, and see if that person, in fact, keeps going with other toxic tendencies. Yeah, and you know, one thing that I do this for sure, and I'm sure a lot of you listening, especially I would say millennials and Gen Z, um, and probably anyone you know younger than that, because we suddenly have all of these kind of emotional and mental health well-being, you know, being pushed on us, that we are so quick to cut someone out for literally anything. And I, I literally do this all the time. So if anyone needs to learn not to do this, it's me. But we all do that now, right? It's like, oh, well, I'm not going to put up. I'm not going to, like, have anyone manipulative, anyone that's not supportive. And on one hand, I think it's really, really healthy to be so aware. But on the other hand, people do make mistakes and you can't just, I mean, if you do that, to a certain extent, you'll end up cutting out everybody. And also it kind of almost builds this kind of fake world that we live in where the reality is that, you know, everyone is so positive and everyone is so happy or everyone only like loves and supports us. And I think that Of course, in theory, that sounds like the perfect world, right? But, like, nothing can ever be perfect like that. 
and it's almost kind of like a false sense of reality. So um, don't just cut out people for these minor toxic things, or if they make a mistake and apologize, or you know, you bring it up to them and you do see improvement because no one is perfect. We're all human. Um, so just have some maybe yeah. discretion before you really set, I don't want to say boundaries. Of course, boundaries are important, but I think that we've almost gone to one extreme where we used to not have any boundaries and we just maybe let people walk all over us. And now it's like, oh, you said this one thing or you couldn't meet for brunch. So that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And also I think what's important to also add is that everyone has a different toxic gauge or level or category even. Maybe for somebody, if you're like a sore loser or something, that is viewed as toxic to somebody else. But to you, you're just thinking, I'm just a competitor and I get upset when I don't win. So to you, it's not toxic, but to them, they may be viewing it as toxic. So that's why it's so important to talk about it, you know? Yeah, I think communication is a huge thing here, especially if you're really good friends. If it's an acquaintance or something, you know, maybe just not even worry about this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I guess we'll continue talking about all of our toxic stories. So as I mentioned, over the years, I have had a lot of friends, some of which have been incredibly toxic. It's honestly hard to even find a good story because there's so many. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what that says about me or my life or that I should actually definitely be seeing a therapist constantly, but that's (laughs) fine. Um, One of the biggest stories that I would like to share, though, is that When I was younger, I didn't have a ton of friends. I talked about this a bit on our first episode ever, Hometown Friends, in season one. But I didn't have a ton of friends. I only had, you know, maybe a couple of friends, but they were really good friends. So, like, one of my friends, she lived down the street from me. We would ride bikes together in middle school. And in high school, we went to separate schools, but we still hung out, like, on the weekends all the time. And she was one of my, you know, kind of considered best friends, growing up and then in my 20s even I kept in touch with her like on social media we would text here and there and every time I would visit we would kind of make an effort to see each other but I realized kind of the older I got and the more I moved and the more I had self self growth that it was kind of like always me reaching out or it was always me like every time I was in town having to be like do you want to go meet someplace And it wasn't really maybe like a priority for her anymore or like, you know, sometimes she couldn't make the time or day work and it's like, all right, I'm not going to be back in town for like eight more months. So I guess that's fine. And this wasn't the only friend that this would happen with. This happened with a few of my other friends growing up. This happened with a friend um, that I briefly knew when I was living in San Antonio. And so basically it was like, it was always me making the effort. And I'm not saying that they weren't nice or that they considered me as a friend, but I feel like all of them, they'd only ever lived in Texas. They only ever like lived in their hometowns basically their whole lives. They didn't really understand, I don't think, like what it was like to have to move and like start over your friendships and how hard that was. And then on top of that, like how difficult it is to have to come home and like visit your family, try to see as many friends as you can and then go back and you know, you're not coming back again until Christmas or something so I don't think that they understood at all like how emotionally draining that was for me and that I felt like I was putting a ton of effort and I would say I put up with this for a while um 
And then sometimes I would even plan trips and things and like invite them and they could never come. I always invited them to visit me like in New York or Chicago and that never happened. And it was just kind of like, okay, you know, that's fine. We were all really young. A lot of us were on budgets and things. But at some point it's kind of like, I'm literally like asking you to drive like two hours to meet like in Galveston for the weekend at an Airbnb that I already paid for It's kind of insane that this can never work. Um, So I started kind of feeling a little bit jaded. And then Ryan and I got engaged. And I asked most of these people to be in our wedding as a bridesmaid for me. And uh, for those who don't know, the pandemic ruined our wedding a bit. We ended up basically eloping in Las Vegas. Yeah. Really fun. It actually was really fun, but it was a little scary (laughs) with the pandemic going on. Yeah. Uh, But throughout this whole process, these friendships really just kind of broke open. Basically, not only could they not come to our wedding, which that was fine because of the pandemic, but like they never came to my bachelorette party. They didn't even send like a card or a gift or anything. They didn't Venmo or offer to pay for the dresses and things that I had bought, you know, for them after they committed to be in our wedding. And it just kind of got to the point where I was like, this is absolutely insane. Like, this is three or four people. I grew up with them. I have always supported them. I've always gone out of my way. And now, like, this is one time in my life where they can't even show up for this. What would they show up for, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So that was really kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. I, uh, and so in a very dramatic fashion, and if you know me, then you know I am, Uh, we moved to Texas after we got married and again, not one of them was like, oh my God, let's go celebrate like the newlyweds or, oh, we want to come meet Ryan. Um, it was like nothing from them, just like crickets. So I messaged all of them in a group chat and I was like, basically adios. Um, this was fun. Literally don't ever contact me again. And, yeah, uh, it was obviously really dramatic. And, of course, they had something to say about it. Oh, you know, I couldn't understand. And I was being, like, um, I was being just, like, you know, this crazy bride, like a bridezilla or something. Like, wanting them to come all the way in the pandemic and risk their health. Which was so funny because they're, like, Trump supporters who don't even believe COVID is real. So why (laughs) they uh, had to use that excuse was insane. And But it wasn't about the our wedding and the pandemic it was just like the effort and it was that this was just one of many things where they weren't gonna support me or show up in my life um and you know I will say like when people care about you you'll be able to tell like I had a friend that couldn't come to my bachelorette party so she took me out for drinks in Chicago one night and like we did a mini bachelorette party just us two or when we moved from Chicago Ryan and I had friends that took us out for Mexican one last time and you know, oh, hope to see you guys next time you're ever visiting. Like, when people actually care, they will make an effort. And if you have to, I guess, push someone to show up for you in your life, it's just not worth it, in my opinion. And especially when you have all these years and things. What's so wild is I have friends who I have known for, like, two months that have helped me or done more for me in my life than people I had known for 10 or 20 years. And that's why maybe I am a little dramatic when it comes to toxic friends. And like I said, I tend to not put up with anything and I do cut people out really quickly. But a lot of that is just a coping mechanism on my end. 
And while I should definitely probably improve how I do it, because see, now I'm the crazy, dramatic, uh, I'm the toxic friend is how I make myself look. Like, I'm the one that couldn't understand that these poor people could not leave (laughs) and come to my wedding, you know, and then here I am in a group chat telling them, like, basically go selves. (laughs) Well, I think that that's an obvious example of they were toxic which resulted in you being a little bit toxic. But if you had just either one of you, or I guess it sounded like you tried and they didn't really care, if they had just opened up with communication, then you guys could have found a way out of it, right? Yeah, I think though, yeah, I definitely feel like another thing that kind of made me mad about it, I don't know if this is communication, but... You know, these were, like, 20-year-long friendships I'd had with a few of them. And, like, we grew up together and stuff. And I wasn't allowed, like, even just one time. I don't want to say allowed because that's manipulative on my part. But I had one instance, you know, after, like, the pandemic, getting married, moving to Texas. All of that was, like, very exciting. But also, I would say, a lot to emotionally go through. And I had kind of this one situation where... I go to the group chat and I just kind of lose it, you know? And just me doing that one time was enough for them to be like, oh, okay, well, bye. You know? Like, so it's like, I I think there was like no grace to be like, if you cared about me, you might think, well, Macy's having probably like a lot going on right now. Like, she just started her undergrad. She just moved. She just got married. And yeah, her wedding kind of all got canceled and she had to replan it. So maybe she's just having a bad day and tomorrow I will check in with her. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying I'm owed that, but when you have friendships of years and years, if they actually know you as a person, you would think that they might be able to do that for you because I think that's how I would have acted towards them. And it just was like everything was suddenly again my fault They never showed up for me. I don't know. I'm sure some of you guys listening either take my side or don't. A lot of people don't take my side, I've noticed. (laughs) Ah. But regardless, it's a good story to show you what the types of things can happen. and Yeah, and especially with long-term friendships, I think um, those are the hardest when they don't work out because you do have so many years invested almost. Yeah, and a lot of experience to think about. Ryan, did you want to share your story now that... Everyone has heard all my emotional drama. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So let me start by saying I, and I know you will agree, Macy, am the type of person that doesn't really recognize toxicity at all. Yeah, that's true. Like, I don't know if it's a product of who I am or maybe like I'm from the Midwest and we're all kind of like nice to each other's faces and like occasionally mean to people behind their back or maybe I'm just super naive I don't know, pick one of those. But for me, I think that when I thought about a story to share, I had to think kind of hard about it, but then a lot of them kind of did come to mind, (laughs) if that makes sense. But I think a lot of it has been um, through Macy kind of helping me understand things because, like I said, I sometimes get taken advantage of or I just don't really recognize people's behavior as for what it is and I just think it's normal or you know that's just how people act or whatever I don't know I guess I'm, I'm a little messed up in that way but the story I was going to share uh was actually also in regards to Chicago 
um, which kind of involves both Macy and I. So Shocking. I, yeah. So I, uh, a little background of the story. You know, I had met Macy through a meetup in Chicago. We were friends in this friend group. And uh, a little bit through the friend group, I met this other individual um, who was also kind of looking for an apartment, same time I was. And we both kind of clicked pretty much right away. Uh, Decided to move in together in Chicago or whatever. And this may turn into more of a roommate toxicity thing, but... Over the course of, you know, getting to know him, like, I thought we were cool and stuff, but there were obviously some things between the lines, like, pretty often I'd come home from work and there would be, like, a lot of people at my apartment that I all knew and they were all, like, partying or having fun, but, like, wouldn't give me a heads up and things. Those kind of things started happening, and that's not really part of the story, but just kind of a little bit of the background, so... Uh, long story short here, uh, it's probably been about almost a year of living with him, maybe a little less, and, uh, Macy and I are starting to date, and kind of a drama ensues where this roommate individual is hooking up with another person in the group who is also dating someone else, and... They thought they were being really sneaky about it, but they were not being really sneaky about it. And so one day, uh, I think uh, we kind of just had enough of it and some group chat drama ensued. I guess I love to go to the group chat. I'm not saying it was you, Macy. I'm just (laughs) saying uh, we, you know, the individuals were called out and some some lines were kind of drawn in the sand in a way. And uh, it kind of just became super toxic from there. But again, I'm not the best at this. Like, I don't like to communicate about it either. Like, I'm really bad at that. I'm really bad at going to someone and saying, hey, here's X, Y, and Z, and we need to fix X, Y, and Z, and this is what we're going to do. For whatever reason, maybe I just bend my life to accommodate. So I basically lived at Macy's apartment for the next few months, and she's rolling her eyes now uh, because that's definitely how she feels. Because for me, it was like I was kind of, in a way, just in and out of my apartment to grab stuff. And I, like, just didn't want to deal with it. And I'm not saying that that's how you should do at all. I think that you should 100% do way better than I did. But it just became such a toxic situation for me to kind of have to go into the apartment and not be able to be welcome and not really talking to that person. So I had no clue where they were or if they were there or if they weren't there. And then uh, Macy kind of got roped into it, which wasn't cool because I was always at her place and I was intruding on her space. And I think overall, it wasn't a great thing for me to do. So that's a hindsight story of how I failed to identify toxic behavior early on. It led to an issue in a relationship and it affected the people around me that weren't even involved. So... I don't know if that's a good story or a bad story to share, but for me, it's definitely something I need to work on because recognizing the behavior is one thing, but being able to talk and communicate about it is another that I certainly will work on. Yeah, I think, Ryan, um, it is a good story to share because I think you didn't necessarily have a falling out. I mean, you did, but like sometimes when we think about toxic friends, we think that it has to end almost like mine where it's 
such a dramatic or abrupt way. Yours was just kind of like thrown on to you, but I would say maybe you didn't address it, so it got dragged out. Yeah. Um, but it also didn't end on your end, I guess, like so dramatically. However, because you didn't maybe put a stop to it or something, it did impact your life like substantially for like months, you know? Yeah, arguably probably more than your story where you probably thought about it for a few weeks, maybe a little longer, but you were able to move on quickly. Yeah, so that's interesting to think that how you handle these toxic relationships and friendships can really impact like how long it's going to affect your life or something. Yep. Um, and I think you got brought up a great point too that sometimes these toxic friendships they end up impacting other people than just yourself because either you know other people now are trying to intervene or um, it's affecting your energy and like maybe your positive or negative looks outlooks on life and so it's definitely something to be aware about yeah I think that all of these stories really kind of hint at what you should and shouldn't do. And when it comes to improving your life, when you have these toxic friendships, setting boundaries, communicating, and maybe just trying to let there be some air between you and the other person, you know, give it a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks. Maybe everyone will be able to recognize that their behavior was toxic or that they do want to be friends with you and it's not worth losing this friendship over. And if it is worth losing the friendship over, then, you know, that's... We all sometimes grow out of each other. And sometimes you outgrow people, and that doesn't mean that they were toxic or you were toxic. Sometimes the friendship just kind of hits a wall, and you don't need to continue growing together in that dynamic. So it's good to think about those things. It's good to set boundaries. It's good to recognize, you know, like what triggers you and how you can improve yourself and your personality based off those things. But in general, it's really important to recognize toxic friendships. And um, I think toxic friendships sneak up on you because it's different than a manipulative or toxic relationships. I think we put up more with our friends because we think, oh, well, this is my friend or I have fun doing things with them or I don't have to have them in my life. And sometimes those ideals make it easier to be manipulative or keep people around for longer than you should. Yeah, and... The one thing I want to add, though, is that there's always a time where if a person is being that toxic, it is okay to walk away. You know, I know you mentioned that you wanted to kind of be a little more, you know, open about it and realizing boundaries and talking. You should do all of that, yes. But if this person is headed down a dark, toxic path and you have done everything you can, at the end of the day sometimes you do have to walk away. And I think that's the toughest part, but that is always an option. And again, we're no experts, but that's been our experience thus far and everything. And I think you find it so different in so many different situations. Your own personal close friends, like a not very close acquaintance, a coworker, all of these people could be toxic to you and they all have different avenues that you kind of have to approach you can't really go up to a coworker and say the same things yeah (laughs) exactly like you can't do that so i think that it's so interesting the different dynamics you'll find in this category but again stay true to who you are and 
recognize the toxicity, understand that you can create boundaries and talk about it. But at the end of the day, you have the option to walk away if that fits your need. Yeah, that's so true. And people really should respect you and your values. You know, they should respect your relationships and who you're dating or who you're married to or what your lifestyle looks like. And if they can't do that, sometimes it is best to remove them. Um, And there's so many people out there. That's the great thing. Like I said, I've had friends that after two months, they've done more for me than people that I've had in my life for two years. Definitely. So friends come and go, and we have to just appreciate what they bring in the moment, I think. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you next week on next week's episode. I'm Macy. I'm Ryan. See ya. See ya. Bye.